This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. So give them a call, plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Cindy Crum, CEO and founder of Mobile Moxie. Cindy, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm very, very well. And you're in Colorado, aren't you? Yes, I am. Colorado. What's the weather doing in Colorado right now? Is it still hot? It was hot a few weeks ago, I think. It was, it was hot a few weeks ago. We just had uh, our first taste of fall with days that uh, were brisk and you needed a, a light jacket, but then we're back now to warm. Ah, right. We had uh, we had a bit of an Indian summer here in the UK, but now it's gone really rainy and, well, it's going to become windy and rainy because we've got the remains of a hurricane coming over. I don't know where it's from. It's a very sort of northerly hurricane that sort of sauntered over the Atlantic and has hit Ireland. Now it's going to come over to the UK. But anyway, let's have the weather. So let's start off. Tell us a bit about yourself, uh, Cindy, and uh, Mobile Moxie. Sure. Um, So I am a mobile SEO expert, and I've been doing mobile SEO for a very, very long time, actually, since before the iPhone was even released. We did mobile SEO for, um, I wouldn't say flip phones, but for the first kind of round of smartphones that were just two, you know, two colors and you couldn't click or you had to scroll Blackberry kinds of things. So been doing it for a long time. Love it. Absolutely find it fascinating. And Mobile Moxie is a company that I started over 10 years ago uh, to help people specifically with mobile SEO concerns. As you know, now more than half of the searches on Google are done from a mobile phone. And uh, so that means that you need to rank and rankings are different between mobile desktop and even tablet. Yeah. Yeah. so, so that's what we do. And we have tools that are really awesome uh, to help people with mobile SEO. So that's exciting, too. Yeah, Fantastic. that's what I do. Fantastic. I was just trying to remember back, actually, because the first... I'm very old, so I can remember these. Uh, I, remember, I remember phones before smartphones. I remember the first mobile phone. It was like a brick. But yeah. I'm trying to remember, what was that three-letter acronym when mobile phones first started to be able to access the web is it w well there was wml which was a a coding language and there was wap wap that's what i can remember yeah it never seemed to work (laughs) yeah no it wasn't very good but it was so it was so reminiscent of the early days of the internet too because i've been you know on the internet since the beginning as well when it was directory structure and text only or just mostly text with a couple images here and there floating Wow. Um, and early mobile web was very much the same. Yeah. So let's talk about mobile and specifically actually mobile SEO because that's your speciality, isn't it? Yes. Let's start off with, I'm not sure if it's the latest mobile update, but it's certainly one of the most recent one, the mobile first indexing update. And I know you've got one or two unique theories about that, haven't you? Yes, I do. I'm, Tell us about that. I love talking about this. Yeah. So, so in the past year, Google's rolled out an update they call Mobile First Indexing, 
And what Google says is that it's all about switching from indexing based on desktop uh, to indexing based on a mobile phone. And they say that's the main thing. Just make sure all your links and uh, schema and basically your code is pretty much the same between mobile and desktop, or at least all the main points are still there. But it took so long to develop and launch that I believe it, it, that there's much more to it. And since it's launched, a lot of things are magically happening uh, and seem to have become possible. Hmm. So the theory uh, that I have is that mobile-first indexing was not just a shift to how they crawl the web, but hence the name indexing. It's a shift to how they index the web um, and not just doing it for mobile, but doing it in um, a more language agnostic and granular way. So... Language agnostic means that they use what we call entities, which are concepts, a person, place, or thing idea, kind of like a noun, but concepts that you could look up in Wikipedia or in an encyclopedia. Yeah. And those concepts have relationships to other concepts that stay the same, regardless of what language you speak. So, for instance, if I say this is a table and this is a chair, and they often happen together, mm. you don't have to relearn that when you learn another language. But the way Google used to operate, they did. They had to relearn everything. But when they put the baseline as entities and say, this is a table, and these are all the words in all the languages for table, and this is a chair, and these are all the words for chair in all the languages, and mm. here's German, and these two are related, and here's English, and these two are related. So it makes it easier for them to be more efficient in non-English searches, which they've always struggled with. The algorithm's always been best in English, and international search has always had more of a spammy component that yeah. Google doesn't like. And so when they do this, they can be better in all the languages, but they can also kind of gain a, a deeper understanding faster. And if you think about how machine learning works, your machine learning requires lots of data, and when they were learning things one language at a time, some languages had very small sources of data. If you think about a language uh, like Bulgarian, yeah, they're just they the learning, the machine learning was so slow mm. that not only you know did that hamper the ability for them to do a great job in Bulgarian, uh, but it it was kind of embarrassing because they could do a great job on similar queries in bigger languages. And so it was a, a problem easily solved by reverting. And instead of focusing just on keywords, uh, focusing on entities. Does that make sense? It does. It's, it's actually very pertinent because we spoke about this very thing on the show. I'm trying to remember if it was the last episode or the episode before that. And yeah, it was interesting because there were some pros and cons. I think we were talking in the context of um, paid search, if I remember correctly pros and cons in the context of paid search but I mean what sort of what effects is it having in the sort of mobile SEO area well the main thing that's happening is Google is doing a better job at surfacing answers instead of just websites which is what users want now web webmasters people you know who work for websites they're very kind of I don't know upset or skeptical kind of feel a little bit negative towards this because when Google surfaces the answers directly in the search result, it means that their clients or their websites aren't getting the same amount of traffic that they used to. Yeah. So if you think about a search for how to tie a tie, for instance, mm. you might get a YouTube video tutorial 
Uh, or you might get a featured snippet that has a lot of text, one of those bigger kind of answer boxes that has step one, step two, step three. Yeah. So those things make it so people aren't clicking through because they get the answer exactly in the, the search result. Yeah, that must be quite a challenge. Well, it makes sense from Google's perspective yeah. because they care. what they care about is the users and especially they have invested so much money in the Google Assistant, which is the voice control thing. And with voice control, the, the most horrible experience you could imagine would be a voice bot, bot, you know, robot voice reading you the entirety of a website. <laughs> yes, yes. What you would want is just the answer to your question. And so Google's got to rank just the answer to the question. So, so the granularity that I talked about was, I believe, this is kind of the second theory that, that is proving itself out right now, that not only is Google reverting to this kind of bigger, thicker pipe on entities rather than one language at a time, but that also the indexing within those entity concepts is not just at a page level, but it's at a page plus potentially locator or item level within a page so that Google can surface the featured snippet or can just answer your question with voice and say, you know, we've saved this website for you to look at later in your Google Assistant. Uh, but the assistant will read you just the answer. And they've, they've shown this, that they're doing it already with highlighting in some kinds of featured snippets, when you click through, they'll highlight the portion that they lifted mm. into the result, uh, and they scroll directly to it, so you don't have to find it. Even if there wasn't a link that the webmaster put in there, they now have the ability to scroll directly to the answer on the page, which that's, that's a change. That's different. That means yeah. that they've indexed this position on the page in this you know, answer. I want to talk about something else now uh, that I know that you're quite knowledgeable on, and that's this new thing, the PWA, which is a sort of a hybrid, isn't it, between an app and a website? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So PWA, it's not all that new. It's new-ish, but most people still don't know about it. Um, yeah. it. Google's been talking about PWAs for, I would say, three, possibly even four years. Mm. Um, but it stands for Progressive Web App. And what it is is a website that lives on the web but behaves like an app. And it can have mostly app code. It can have mostly JavaScript, mm. which is what we would call a web app, something where all of the functionality is locked in, in JavaScript. Yeah. Um, but it also has two additional files. It has what's called an app manifest, and it has a service worker. And the addition of those two files allow it to be downloaded from the web and have an app icon, uh, just like any apps you would download from the store. Ah. And once you've downloaded it from the website, it opens without the address bar. You can open it in a predetermined app shell. Mm. Uh, so it looks just like a native app. And then the service worker handles really intelligent, sophisticated caching yeah. uh, to make it seem really zippy and fast. Uh, just like a native app would. Uh, native apps are zippy and fast because they're essentially mostly downloaded it and come directly from the phone. And so that's a bit what the service worker does is it says, I know I'm going to need this again. I'm going to save it for, for use again. Versus websites are often very bad at caching. So they will have to reload the whole page and re-get some of the items. And you see the flash when you change pages. It goes blank for a second. Yeah. That doesn't happen in a PWA. Wow. So how does it work then, Cindy? Is, is, do you like sort of go to the normal website, but as soon as you get there, it sort of changes the look of the browser? Or is it something you can literally 
download in the same way that you can an app? When you go the first time to a PWA, it'll look just like a website. Yeah. And if you go back, if you've been there a couple times, that's when it'll show you um, kind of from the bottom of the screen, usually a little ad that says, would you like to download this? Ah. And that's when, once you download it, that's when it re that's when it changes the way that it presents itself. Uh, but it, the idea here is number one, it's a really good experience. It requires a whole lot less code because of the caching. So if you're in a place with limited connectivity, it's not always going up to the internet. It can actually work offline in yeah. some instances, depending on how you set up the service worker. Mm. And it's a much better experience. Google's tests have showed that because it's faster and it's a more streamlined experience, people convert more and at a higher dollar figure. Yeah. Because they're not just waiting and waiting for things to load and they feel more confident. Like pe- users often really, if they have an affinity for a brand, then they love using the brand app. Uh, but it makes it so that you don't have to build the darn thing twice or three times. Because sure. before PWAs, you would have to build for iOS and build for Android and then build for the web. And it's three different code bases. Uh, this makes it so that you can build and have an app-like experience uh, with one chunk of code. I'm going to ask you quite a technical question now, Cindy, so don't worry if you don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know how technical you are. Um, or you must be very technical because you're an SEO expert. I'm just wondering if people want to sort of explore PWAs, what's the best place to start reading about them? Are there any sort of specific platforms that help you to build them? There are wizards that you can use to make the app manifest. And those just only take five minutes. It's very easy because it's just a text file. And then there are programs to help you make a service worker. Google has one that they endorse uh, quite actively. And there are also loads of videos on YouTube by Google um, because they have entire conferences dedicated. The Chrome Developer Conference is now essentially all about PWAs. Fantastic. Okay, so we've probably got quite a few people listening that might perhaps want to start exploring mobile SEO a bit more. How should they get started? What sort of things should they be thinking about, Cindy? The first thing is to just start acknowledging that if you're doing SEO and you're looking at rankings, most likely the rankings that you're looking at are desktop rankings. Because even though Google has gone mobile first, most SEO tools are still doing desktop first. And so make sure that you're slicing the data and segmenting so that you know the difference between how mobile is performing and desktop is performing, because they will perform differently, both in rankings and conversion and success. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing is uh, we developed a tool uh, because I was so tired of being told that the ranking numbers coming from Google are just directional or suggestions or averages, but it, Uh, I wanted to know exactly how something was ranking and if there was knowledge graph or if there were featured snippets or things like that above the ranking, pushing it down. So we developed a tool that lets you choose from a bunch of different phones, put in an exact address and then put in a query and see exactly what that mobile search result looks like right now in a live Google result as if you were standing anywhere in the world. So we could say, oh, I have a company in Tokyo and, you know, they're located in the center of the city. Are we ranking well in Tokyo for this keyword in the center of the city or at this address? And we can. And and you can actually even with paid memberships, you can upload a CSV of all of your addresses. So let's say you're a chain like Starbucks. You can upload your addresses and say, how are we ranking standing right by all of our locations on this important keyword? And we'll show you what the mobile result looks like in all of those places. 
Is that the mobile SERPs test or mobile SERP test you were just mentioning then? Yeah, we call yeah. it the Serperator. Yeah, well, <laughs> the Serperator. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Cindy. Um, how can people find out more about you, more about Mobile Moxie? Well, the website is just mobilemoxie.com, so M-O-B-I-L-E-M-O-X-I-E.com. Yeah. And then we're also on Twitter. I'm pretty active. The Mobile Moxie account is also pretty active, and we uh, tweet out tutorial videos and kind of glossary definition kinds of videos from that one so it's a good place just to start following and get little tidbits of knowledge to build up fantastic well thanks for coming on and thanks for listening everyone these show notes will be in the usual place which is sitevisibility.co.uk slash im podcast if you're enjoying the show please leave a review that would be smashing very british that wasn't it very that'll be smashing uh if you've got any questions or topic suggestions or even guest suggestions the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk you can tweet at sitevisibility we have a site visibility group on linkedin so that's all from me andy and it's all from cindy yep bye thanks for coming on cindy and we'll see you next time on internet marketing <laughs>